Secret City Files presents Episode 1 Ghost of the Machine Hello, tape recorder. My name is Tess, and yours is... <laughs> Never mind, you are inanimate. Who even uses these things anymore? But I digress. Let's start again. My name is Tess. I am a UNM of Albuquerque College student majoring in history. I've been tasked with studying and documenting my family history for my summer assignment. So let's start at the beginning, shall we? I was born in Maine, but my parents moved us to Maryland when I was three. Rather, my father moved us to Maryland so he could work for the government in Washington, D.C. Thanks, Dad. We only lived there for about two years before he got some huge promotion, and we had to pick up and move again to New Mexico, of all places. The town we live in is called Los Alamos. I bet you've never heard of it. Turns out, not many people have. In fact, its name is The Secret City. Its claim to fame is that back in the 1940s, this town was a top-secret military base where the first atomic bomb was made. You know, Hiroshima, Nagasaki, that kind of thing. In the 50s, the town was declassified, and people other than scientists were allowed to live here. Thus, this strange little town was born. Although it was declassified, most of the residents still work at the Los Alamos National Lab, or LANL, locally known as the lab. Two of those aforementioned residents would be my grandfather and father. Dad was super excited to get the promotion that moved us here since it was his boyhood town. My late grandfather had moved his family here shortly after the town was declassified, about 1952 or so, if my calculations are correct. He moved here so he could work for the lab for what turned out to be nearly 40 years. Unfortunately, my grandfather passed away about five months ago now. He left behind quite the legacy, though. My father inherited the house but hasn't decided what to do with it yet. I volunteered to help with sorting through the 60-plus years of accumulated junk, which has turned out to be pretty interesting, not to mention that it happens to work out great with my summer assignment. Apparently, Grandpa's favorite hobby after retiring was to research and document the local history, along with her family's. I guess I come by my interest in history honestly. Tomorrow, I'll go out to the old place and begin documenting of my own, hopefully, where he left off. Well, I'm here, surrounded by boxes and the smell of old people. Who knew that one person could collect so much stuff? I mean, I guess I shouldn't be that surprised, but this is just ridiculous. <sighs> Anyways, let's see where to start. Let's move some of these around so I can actually sit somewhere. If you could only see the amount of dust on these boxes... Okay, there we go. Now that I'm comfortable, more or less, let's get started. Hmm, this box looks small enough. I will not even try to wipe off the dust, though, to see what's supposed to have in it. I'll just dive right in. <coughs> oh, wow, look at these. These must be some pictures of Los Alamos way back in the day. Interesting. I wonder what it was like all those years ago. I doubt it could have been any weirder than it is now. Oh my god, there's a ton of pictures in this box. This is going to take... Wait a minute. Who are these people? Looks like a wedding? Wow, I thought Grandpa hated getting all dressed up. 
Man, he really used to clean up well. I can see why Grandma fell so hard for him. And Grandma, wow, so beautiful. No wonder he could never take his eyes off her. I wonder if Mom and Dad would find a place for this picture in their house. Well, as interesting as this is, I'm not seeing much in the way of actual history. I think if I want to really get down to business, I'll have to look elsewhere. I'll start in his study. I saw a ton of notebooks and documents in there. Jackpot! There is an entire wall of books regarding history, including on our own family. Thank you, Grandpa. This will make my assignment so much easier. Where do I even begin? Looks like it's all arranged by date. What the... Three of these seem to be out of order. Seven, twenty-six, sixty-two? Wait, that's Dad's birthday. That's strange. And the middle book looks out of place, too. Like, too new. Less dusty. What the? Oh my god. A door just opened from the bookshelf. Sure, that's not creepy at all. Sorry about going off there, but I mean, it's not every day that you find a hidden room in your grandfather's study. From what I knew of Grandpa, hidden wasn't in his vocabulary, at least outside of his work. I can't believe he would be the kind of person to hide something so... big. Especially from his family. I guess I was wrong. Good grief, this room is a disaster. I can barely even move without... Great, like I was saying. I'll have to go through those later. No way I can do it now. I can't even bend over because there's so many folders and papers stacked everywhere. What is all this stuff? More history? I swear I'm going to trip over something soon if I don't... Yes! There, I see something resembling a desk. Maybe I can park myself there and figure out what the heck all this is. Made it. Not gracefully, but that's besides the point. So, apparently, Grandpa has been keeping this little room a secret for what looks like a really long time. There are tons of newspaper clippings here, not to mention all his handwritten notes. Right on top, I see a newspaper clip-out from 2013 about the vault tunnel being declassified and open to the public. I guess Grandpa never really left the lab, even after retiring. He has handwritten pages about the vault, right under this clipping. July 24th, 2013. They try to say that they declassified the tunnel because it was no longer in use and was never really used for anything serious anyway. Just storage. I know better, though. Sure, they were no longer using it for high security purposes, but there were still things that should have never been seen by common eyes. It helps that I still have friends on the inside, of course. My source told me of how just a week prior to the declassification there was a break-in. Two young boys had snuck into the tunnel vault. Security cameras caught them on tape, of course, but apparently there was some strange interference, and at some point, the power went out, and the generator never kicked on. The boys got away, but I'm determined to track them down. July 25th, 2013. I discovered that one of the boys has a father that works at the lab. I guess he finally cracked and told his mother about the excursion. My source gave me a last name of Gordon. Tomorrow, I will pay a visit to the Gordon household and see if I can speak with the kid. July 26, 2013. The latest development is difficult to swallow. I'm rather shaken up about it. If it's true, I've every right to be terrified. I went to Mr. and Mrs. Gordon's home, and Mr. Gordon, of course, was at work. But Miss Gordon and her son Johnny were home. After some evasive maneuvers and some white lies, I was able to speak with young Johnny by himself. He told me the following story between shaky breaths. 
Austin and I always loved exploring and discovering secrets, especially if it was something to do with the lab. My dad works there like you said, but once he crosses the bridge, he may as well have disappeared off the face of the earth. He works with some pretty big government projects, I guess, but I'm not allowed to ask questions about it. Anyway, a few weeks ago, one of the other boys at school said he heard his dad talking about some top-secret tunnel somewhere under McDonald's. I knew I had to find it and take Austin with me, so we set up a sleepover at my place and snuck out after my parents fell asleep. I was found at the general location the day before, so we could get there pretty easy. When we came to the huge wire fences, we knew we'd found it. The gates weren't electric, and there weren't even any guards. We figured it couldn't be that serious if we snuck in. We found a spot where the fence met up with the wall, and it had a hole just big enough for us to squeeze through after we dug down a little. Once we were in, we walked across to the building that was fi we figured must house the entrance. We knew we had found the right place when we found a huge tunnel entrance. There were lots of fluorescent lights that just stayed on, so we didn't have to use our flashlights anymore. We started walking down, and it seemed to go on forever, just one long tunnel going straight down. Finally, we saw a huge steel door. We figured that was the end. We knew we wouldn't be able to open that thing. But Austin really wanted to see what was behind it, so he made us just try to twist the lock, and amazingly, it turned pretty easily. The huge door swung open silently. It was dark beyond, so we turned our flashlights back on, and after daring each other to go in, we finally just went in together. There was a smaller tunnel that went straight, and one that went off to our left. We decided to go straight first because we could see something catch the glint of our lights. I remember how cold and quiet it was, and we both started to get kind of spooked. We were talking about just giving up and heading back when we found what was catching the light. There were five big steel doors that looked identical. I don't know what was behind any of them because they were all locked up tight. Believe me, we tried, though. Since we didn't find much else there, we decided to go back to the tunnel that was on our left when we came in. We backtracked and began making our way into this new tunnel. Somehow, this one seemed even darker. As we kept going, it got colder and colder. It was a warm summer night, so neither of us had brought a jacket. The tunnel stopped at a big metal door that looked like a janitor closet. Austin started reaching out to try the handle when I suddenly was terrified and I screamed at him to stop. His hand froze just a few centimeters from the door. He glared at me, but asked why I'd done that. I told him I thought we should leave. I should have begged him to leave then. We never should have opened that door. He didn't listen, and when he touched the metal handle, he screamed and started making a weird noise. It took me a few seconds to realize he was laughing. I punched him in the arm and walked into the room that had just been revealed. Inside, there was nothing but one big machine with a ton of buttons and switches. Austin was still laughing, but he followed me in and shone his light around the room. He gasped, and I looked to see him staring at something above my head. I followed his gaze with my light and saw a sign. It said, Project Poltergeist. We thought that was pretty creepy, but then he came up to where I was standing by the machine. He started turning the dials and flicking switches before I had time to react. I asked him what the heck he was doing. We didn't know what any of these things did, but nothing seemed to be happening at all. I started to laugh and hit buttons and flick switches with him when we saw a big button that said start. We pushed it. Nothing happened for a few seconds, but then we heard a weird buzzing behind us. When we turned, we saw a black spot spreading on the wall. It grew and grew until it was the size of my dad. We didn't move until it had stopped. 
Then I shined my light into it, but the beam just disappeared. I've never seen darkness like that. It's like my light wasn't even on. And the cold that was seeping out of that hole was like nothing I'd ever felt before. We were both shivering when we heard a new noise. It sounded like walking or shuffling, like someone was dragging themselves. It was coming toward us from the hole in the wall. Austin screamed for me to hit the button again, but I was so scared I just ran. He was right behind me. He reached behind him to close the door. When his hand met the metal door, though, he screamed and fell to the ground. I thought he was pranking me again, but he wasn't getting back up, and the noise was getting closer. I started trying to drag him when his eyes opened and looked at his, and we both looked at his hand and nearly barfed. It was dark and looked burned. I grabbed Austin and we started out. He was struggling to walk, so it was taking forever. By the time we rounded the corner to the big tunnel, we heard the door behind us open. Whatever it was, it was chasing us. I was dragging Austin as fast as possible, but it was so slow and the thing was gaining on us. We were about halfway through the huge tunnel when the fluorescent lights behind us started shattering one by one. Slowly at first, but it was picking up speed. We were going to get caught in the dark. Austin told me to run. I was such a coward, I dropped him and ran. That's when all the lights went out at once. I froze, but I didn't hear anything. It was dead quiet. Then the lights came back on. I figured there must have been a backup generator or something. I looked back and saw the last light that shattered was the one right before where Austin was standing. Austin was standing there with his head hanging down, swaying slightly. I ran to him and shook him so hard that he snapped awake. He screamed for us to run, and this time he ran too. Somehow we got out and ran back to my house. We didn't sleep that night. In the morning, Austin's mom came to pick him up. I haven't seen him since. July 27, 2013 After writing down Johnny's experience, I was exhausted, so I slept. My dreams were dark and terrifying. I still don't know what to think of the things he told me. I know the tapes show the boys going in, and on their way back out, the power goes out. Johnny said the power came back on after just a moment, but the cameras only show black until the next morning. Something that disturbs me is that on the camera, right before the power goes out, the vault door is open. When the cameras return, that door is closed. I plan on going to find this Austin boy soon. Ugh! What happened? That's the end of the documentation? What happened to the following up, Grandpa? Ugh! I guess I'll have to do it myself. Tomorrow morning, I will go and see if I can find this Austin boy. I wish he'd included a last name. It's closer to the next night, but unlike Grandpa, I did follow up. After way too much Googling and old school cold calls, I found out that Johnny is 19 now and working on getting into the lab like his dad. I had to leave a couple messages on his phone before he finally called me back, and he nearly hung up on me when I brought up that night. He didn't want to talk about it and got pretty peeved at me for being persistent, but I got the info I needed. Austin's last name was Torres. I found his mother's number and address in the phone book. I swear, I don't know why so many people still use them. Regardless, I called the number and it was disconnected. Score for the phone book. I ended up having to go to the house. I arrived on a street that looked like a great place to raise kids, but when I got to the house at the given address, it just didn't fit in. It was dirty. The lawn unkempt and overgrown. It looked like no one had lived there in ten years. I knocked anyway. It was dead silent, and I got kind of creeped out, to be honest. Before I fully turned away to, to give up, though, the door opened a fraction. 
A pale face stared at me with questioning and what looked almost like fear in her eyes. Now, I should be honest with you and say that I had a feeling that whatever I was about to hear wouldn't be the same coming from me, so I secretly hid my phone with a recording app in my pocket, and I hit record as soon as she answered. Here's the audio from that. Who are you? Hi, my name's Tess. I'm a local college student on break, and I have an assignment over the summer. I chose to focus on local history. I heard that you and your son may have had an experience to do with the tunnel vault before it was opened to the public in 2013. I was just- No, get off my property right now. Where do you even get that information? I'm calling the cops. No, wait, I swear I'll get right out. Just tell me where I might be able to find your son Austin, please. He's dead. They killed him, those monsters at the la- <sighs> Oh my god, I'm sorry. I had no idea, but but how? The lab people killed him? No, I don't know what happened that night, but my little boy is not who came home to me. I took him to the ER as soon as I saw his first seizure. Those black, soulless eyes. Oh god, they said it was, ju- it was a sudden onset of a neurological disorder. I say that's bull. Are you with them? Oh my god, you are, aren't you? Get out of here now. I'm dialing. I'm sorry, ma'am. I didn't know. I'm so sorry. I'm leaving. Oh, God. (sighs) So there you have it. I guess that's it. I have nothing else to add.